Welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. Justine is sad today. I'm so sad. I understand her sadness. Yeah. Where's our Where's our pillow fort? We expect our fantastical pillow fort whenever the world starts sucking. Yeah. Like in Ikea. Yeah. We went to Ikea. That was good. There was a magical kitchen. (laughs) That was beautiful. It was. Was it just the kitchen? Were we just so enamored by the kitchen? I love the kitchens. They all had signs that said, I'm a dishwasher. (laughs) I was like, what? We're anthropomorphizing dishwashers now. It was amazing. (laughs) Anyway, what are we doing here recording our voices? We're creating a podcast. Oh, yes. Welcome. About love. Love. True love. (laughs) Love, life, romance. universe. Oh, yes. Buffy. Mm Mm-hmm. Man butt. Man butt. The dog. The puppy's ear. He hasn't been on the podcast in a very long time. I'm sure the listeners have been very sad. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, because he makes no noise. They miss his presence. It's a presence. He is like a ghost of the podcast. (laughs) The patron saint ghost dog of the podcast. I guess we should say what we do. We're a podcast that watches romantic comedies in chronological order, and then we talk about them. Yeah, and today we are starting off with one of the big banner years of rom-com history, 1999, 1999. bitches. The year of the rom-com. Y2K. <laughs> I think I was in fifth grade. I started high school in 1999. Oh, look at you. I met my first boyfriend and my second boyfriend. <laughs> I learned how to play, what was it, Mavis Beacon on the computer. And everybody's freaking out that the, all the computers were going to die. Y2K. Y2K. Oh, I went to my first blues game. Nice. It's important. Well, today we're watching Runaway Bride. I've never seen it. I've never seen it either. I just know the poster. Yeah. With her in the wedding dress. Putting on sneakers. her sneakers. Yeah, yeah. Her Nikes. Yeah. I remember the trailer for this. Would you like to hear the description of said movie? Yes, please. Here's the description from <laughs> DVD.com. A Netflix company. A Netflix company. Okay. Open open your ears. They're open. Xander, open your ears. Good puppy. Commitment-phobic bride-to-be Maggie Carpenter has already left three men at the altar when sexist newspaper columnist Ike Graham writes an offensive, inaccurate story about her. And will get fired unless he talks to her in person. (laughs) What? (laughs) Break it down, Ashley. That's just that. That's my face. Like, what? (laughs) I just know that she she's a runaway bride because she she always leaves the guys at the altar. And then this guy, he's come to like tame her. I don't know. She's a wild woman. Well, one, he'll get fired unless he talks to her in person. Like, he already wrote an inaccurate story. In journalism, he should be fired. Bam. We do not support fake news on this podcast. (laughs) That's what this guy is. Yeah, this is fake news, guys. Anything else? I like that it doesn't say who the the actor is for the character. Yeah. That's a DVD.com staple. Yeah. Okay. So this movie stars... The incomparable 
Julia Roberts. Julia. Who we've seen in My Best Friend's Wedding and Pretty Woman. Yes. This film also stars, in the male role, Richard Gere. So there's going to be beautiful, beautiful love bubbles around them. Who he was also in Pretty Woman. Yep. And filling in the cast, our favorite BFF. (laughs) Great with the phone. (laughs) Joan Cusack, who we have watched in Gross Point Blank, Say Anything, Working Girl, and 16 Candles. (laughs) Patron saint of the podcast. (laughs) Patron saint Joan Cusack. (laughs) Now, okay, here we go. (laughs) Here's where my tears are coming in. We watched we watched Pretty Woman last year. Yep. And then right after we watched it, Gary Marshall left us. Gary Marshall died. <laughs> and we were very sad. We were devastated. Yeah, I am so devastated. You're still devastated. I'm still doing this it's like he died all over again. This film was directed by Gary Marshall. Sad panda. He directed Pretty Woman as well. Yes. This film was edited by Bruce Green. Who also edited while you were sleeping. Interesting. There was an additional film editor by the name of Liza McDonald. The uh, first assistant editor was Andrea Botelig. Prego. Batman. Botelirio. There you go. The assistant film editors. David Feldman and Paul Kieran. And the apprentice film editor was Robert Molina. It's rated PG for language and some suggestive dialogue. <laughs> Just a little. Just a pepper. But it's good for the kids to watch. It's an hour and 56 minutes. Whoa. I mean, she's got to leave a three she's guys. She's got three leave men. Yeah. And then like the fourth guy. I don't know. It's rated three and a half stars on DVD.com. The nice. Netflix company. Well, should we get the box of tissues? Yes. I'm so sad that we have lost Gary, Mr. Marshall. Well, I'm going to bundle you in a blanket. Yeah. I'm going to get you vegan cocoa. Mm-hmm. And then build you a blanket fort. And then we'll watch the movie. Do you know what else is sad? <laughs> you don't want to cry on air. Suck it up. Suck it up. Let's go watch it. Let's go watch it. Come on. second half of the movie was very good really the beginning i was just once you got to like the julia roberts and richard gear playing off of one another again i was like oh this is adorable i can live through i can live through this i don't know if i found i don't know it felt like all the same to me it was just blah um no it was a cute movie okay it was long it was very long (laughs) so long pretty woman is definitely better yes there are a lot of things that are definitely better. I feel like the message behind this movie got lost in a lot of ways. Yeah, it didn't have clear message. I also, I feel like what happened was 
Gary Marshall was making another movie the same year. Like mm-hmm. it had like the same. I know it had the same editorial team. Yeah. Probably the same crew, you know, just making two movies at once. You lose your ability to refine. You lose perspective. Or it might have been just Disney interfered. Oh, it's Disney. It's a Disney movie. It's one of those where you're you're chilling out on a Saturday and you're flipping through the channels and you see that on while you're laying on the couch. You watch it. Yeah, you can have it on and just chill. Yep. Or like have it on the background while you're cleaning mm-hmm. or, or something like that. It's not something that you like actually have to focus on at all because mm-hmm. the plot points are already very l- much laid out for you. Yeah, like nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. What do you think the message of the movie was? I think it was something that we talk about a lot on here is that you got to find yourself first before doing the old settle down. Yeah, that got so muddled and lost Mm. somewhere along the way. I mean, it was in development for 10 years. Ben Affleck was supposed (laughs) to be in it. There were a lot of people. There was Harrison Ford, you know. Angelica Houston. I mean, there's a lot of movies like that. It's not just... No, it's not just this. It's just like movies like that Unless there is a, a really, really, really good script that doesn't need to be worked on a lot. It's just it gets put in development hell. Mm-hmm. Like Deadpool. It can be it can go either way. Mm-hmm. It has to have a really strong script and somebody has to be a really big advocate for it. It can't just keep fl- flip-flopping through all of these different hands. Yeah. Then it becomes Yeah, you bad. lose that like pure through line. Well, or, or and you just lose character motivation, development it becomes muddled and and too many cooks. Yeah. There are a lot of cool characters in this movie, though. We've got, of course, Hector Elizondo. He's in every Gary Marshall movie. He's in every Gary Marshall movie. It's Joe. Um, We got Rita Wilson. (laughs) Mrs. Tom Hanks. You remember her in uh, Sleepless? Yeah. Christopher Maloney. (laughs) From uh, Law and Order. Law and Order. I mean, Law and Order guy. Yeah. I like when he plays something not cop yeah <laughs> which he does often. a lot yeah. yeah what did this movie remind you of the movie with what is it bride wars oh i don't know why it just did mm-hmm. the tone of it kind of reminded me of working girl i didn't get that vibe where everybody's kind of like against this one woman and then you know I can see where you're picking that up from just how nobody's realizing that they're actually hurting her feelings Yeah. by what they're saying. I felt like towards the end when they actually gave them scenes to get more scenes together where they're actually able to play off of one another. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. I liked the montages that they did mm-hmm. in certain instances. Like I loved the runaway montage of all of the weddings. Mm-hmm. Like the tiny child being dragged down the aisle. Mm-hmm. Her on the horse. Yeah. I think there were bits of it that were well done and very Gary Marshall, but... Yeah. And I think there was more of Gary Marshall towards the end than at the beginning. Well, it's just like, why did he need this, like, vindication? Why did we need the setup? This, like, 30-minute long... It felt like 30 minutes. I doubt it was that long. But that setup of him trying to find an article, meeting the guy in the bar, like, why couldn't it have just been... Meets the guy in the bar. We don't have to go through these hoops, I mm-hmm. guess, or displaying his character. I, I'm not 100% sure. I feel like when you have a character like him, 
you can't get, spend that much time with him in the beginning. Oh, I mean, I think they get a little worried that you're like, well, we have to like in as good as it gets. We have to like this guy in the end. So he can't be like completely irredeemable. Mm-hmm. I guess, but still, even through that setup montage, I guess not montage, but that setup of him walking through the streets of New York, it's like he's still a dick. Yeah. Yeah, using that as the setup. I mean, setting maybe setting up the town and the actual character, like the cast of characters, more, make it a little bit more Gilmore Girls-y because it's a small town, quirky characters. Mm-hmm. Showing that aspect of it rather than... Look at New York. Look at how dirty it is. Look at this evil man. Look at journalism. They're stupid. Fake news. (laughs) Fake news. Like in Pretty Woman, they set up that he's just not interacting in the world whatsoever. He just doesn't care. But you you get those snippets of his setup within hers. It's it's integrated together so that you are building to the meet cute kind of. Yeah. There was one scene that made me really uncomfortable. Which one? The one with the first ex-fiance where Richard Gere is holding a picture of her topless hostage and they're goading her to show her back, like harassing her. I didn't think that was necessary at all. No, and it was really harsh. It was just like, you're holding, you're, you're, first of all, one guy is showing in half nude pictures of this woman without her consent to another guy and then they're you know harassing her about it holding it against her and then using it against her to say we want to see more of you yeah we need you to prove yeah this thing that we need to know yeah holding it above her that she did this thing that she should regret when do you think his change of heart happened at the luau but why What was his character motivation, Justine? Well, I think first he got to be attracted to her. Actually, I'd say before that in the wedding dress scene, it it was like a slow, slow burn where he starts seeing everybody, you know, picking on her and her just kind of breaking down. Like she had some like some rough, like catatonic moments. (laughs) Well, and she had like an intense life. Like, mm-hmm. she grew up without a mom, and then her dad became an alcoholic, so yeah. she has to take care of him, and people are still making fun of her yeah. for not being perfect or whatever. Yeah. She never found out who she was. Yeah, she lost herself. Yeah. Trying to be the best for everyone. Yeah. I just felt like I needed a breakdown before she got married again. Like, an active breakdown. Like, a realizing that this isn't what she wanted, and just... I guess breakdown isn't the best word. Well, I but think it all happened for her internally. and Yeah. I wanted a climax moment. Thinking about it now, definitely us as the audience were put more into Richard Gere's shoes. Mm-hmm. Instead of hers. So we're not seeing that change in her. So by the end, it's like, wait, what just happened? Yeah. Like us as the audience, we were presented as the with the gift of Julia Roberts at the end. Yeah. Here's Julia. Oh, yay. We earned it. Yay. Yay. But I don't think we did. No. They were attracted to each other. We got I know that. what movie this reminds me of now. What? 27 Dresses. I never saw it, but I could see it. Because uh, James Marsden plays a journalist who's trying to talk to uh, Catherine Heigl's character who is always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Mm, opposite of this. Mm-hmm. 
This also reminds me of a movie that came out in the same year, Never Been Kissed. There's journalism in that one, too. And Gary Marshall. <laughs> Gary Marshall is great in that, though. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just talk about other movies that are better than this? Oh, I did want to talk about Lego Batman, but I wanted to save that for the end. I guess we should go through the plot and then we can t- talk about Lego Batman as a reward. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ashley, have you ever ridden horses? Mm-hmm. I've galloped before. You've galloped? I've galloped. Have you pranced? Mm-hmm. Lots of horses in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, thematically, metaphor, wild horses. She's a wild woman. Can't be tamed. Can't be tamed. <laughs> Starts with a U2 song. Yeah, randomly. Not randomly. Felt random. Because they wanted to use that one line from the song. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I know, it just, it felt weird. Because in the whole rest of the movie, they just used Dixie Chicks. Yeah. <laughs> it's too, it's too cinematic where this is, not, it's small town charm. Yeah. It's not country enough. It's not country enough. Too Irish. Too Irish, too big, too stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Need more barn. Are those your reality exec notes? Yes, those are those. those, Yes, need more barn, (laughs) more barn, more hoedown. This movie was definitely marketed towards like middle America. (laughs) This was the Midwest written all over it. Yeah, which is probably why I liked it towards the end. We start out in New York. We meet Richard Gere. His name is Ike. Yeah, what kind of name is that? It's a nickname. What's his real name? Homer. What? How do you get Ike from Homer? It's a nickname. Now with that interlude. Everybody likes Ike. <laughs> <laughs> so Ike has a column in the newspaper. What was his column about? Relationship stuff? Whatever the fuck he wanted to talk about, it seemed like. But it was mostly like... Anti-woman. Yeah, sexist disparaging of women. Get back in the kitchen. Yeah, he's the internet troll. He is the internet troll that exists on Twitter. Yeah, but this day we meet him. He doesn't have an idea for a column just yet. So he's trying to get an idea. So this he's at this bar with What's-His-Face, the dad from 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, he's also um, the hairdresser in The Princess Diaries. Uh-huh, and he was in um, Pretty Woman. He's in every, every Gary yeah. Marshall movie. him and Hector. Him and Hector. And the news guy. Whenever they, whenever Gary needs a news guy, he's like, this dude. This dude. <laughs> Gary Marsh. <laughs> and then we'll play softball. Oh, with the softball. I love it. The guy. Okay, there's this guy at the bar. He tells him. With a bow tie. Yeah, and weird hair. Yeah. And a weird goatee. That goatee did not look good on that man. <laughs> you tell him. <laughs> he's, he tells him the, sto- the story of the runaway bride. Dun, dun, dun. In my hometown, there's this woman. She's crazy. She, dun, dun, dun. like, 17 times has left men at the altar. Like, really embellishes this story. So, Ike writes this article without any facts. Just this one guy. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> and everybody Sad. reads about... And even, like, gives her full name, Maggie Carpenter. How did he get her full name? From the guy. The oh. guy was her, we find out later, her third ex-fiance. Got it. So he was he now he's got bad blood. blood. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go see Lego Batman again? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're just gonna talk about it sooner rather than later. It's just gonna happen. <laughs> we're holding off. We're we're trying. It's just gonna get peppered in. 
So everybody, I mean, everybody is reading this article about Maggie. Because New York is a small town and has no news whatsoever. Well, even back in her small town in Hale, Maryland. Maryland. They're all reading the paper. Well, because what else do you got to do in a small town? I don't know. And that's where you get your fake news from. Yep. Maggie runs a hardware store. She's very cool like that. She's got best friends. She's got the two best friends that anyone could have. One of them is Joan. (laughs) One of them is Joan, whose name is... And Peggy. Peggy. Maggie at first thinks the newspaper article is a joke by them as a bachelorette party joke. Is that a thing? Pranks. Everybody likes pranks. They'll do pranks for anything. You doing something? I'm glad you didn't prank me. How do you know that? I'm just not doing an epically long prank. (laughs) (laughs) You're scared now. As I clutch my puppy. They're like, it's not a joke. And then she gets a panic attack, but then she gets mad. As you do. And she writes a reply to the editor. And I think they point out, fortunately, the editor is a a woman. woman. So she'll understand. That's right. And it's Mrs. Tom Hanks. Rita Wilson. Bless her. Yeah. Not that we think that women should be identified by their male figures. Rita Wilson calls in Richard Gere into her office. She's like, bitch, you fired. Yeah. They used to be married. Yeah. So he blames him being fired Uh on the fact that he works for his former spouse. And she's just like, nah, dude, I could get lawyers on this. They say that you done fucked up. didn't present the facts Mm -hmm. first rule of journalism she says if you fabricate your facts you get fired it's a lot of f's when did where did that go are you gonna talk about the ethics of journalism now yes there are ethics in journalism and journalisms deserve (laughs) journalism (laughs) journalists need to practice those ethics what they are, I don't know. I am not a journalist. I am an artist and a filmmaker, and I don't do journalism. Mm-hmm. Are there ethics in journalism and documentary? Why are documentarians now our journalists, Justine? Ooh. I mean, artists have always attempted to hold the camera upon ourselves to discover our truths. Oh, you got very introspective <laughs> there. <laughs> now we got bad blood. <laughs> hey. Okay, so... He fired. And then Maggie gets the paper. Like, all this stuff is unnecessary. Maggie gets the paper, and she's like, Yeah, I got that bitch fired. Boo, boo, boo. Stomp the paper. Boo, 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 pew, pew, pew. And then we hear Maneater. Which is very appropriately placed as he's driving to the tiny town. Yeah. We learned that Hector Elizondo is a photographer for GQ. And he's got a plan. I didn't quite get what his plan was or why he cares or how. Well, he is dating or married. Is he married or dating Rita Wilson? Married. Okay. Well, they're married. Yeah. And they're cute. Yeah. And adorable. And I hope that I am them one day. Why is he helping Richard Gere? I think he's helping Richard Gere as a way to like... Because I think they're friends or they were friends and then he dated her and then it was just like, meh. And they all became a friend Yeah, thing. I can see that. Triangle. But he wants to help him save his reputation. Yeah. And so he's like, dude, 
the there is a truth to your story here. You just have to go get the facts. You have to do reporter work. Yeah. You have to be a journalist, man. Mm-hmm. Go talk to people, interview, research, fully back up with multiple sources. Mm-hmm. And then release it to the public. Mm-hmm. Don't release it to the public as fast as humanly possible and then get your story wrong, get your facts wrong, and then cause mass panic. And then the world ends because of a nuclear apocalypse because there are no wiretaps in Trunk Tower. No, you got bad blood. So yeah, he heads to this small town. It's a very cute small town. Very Stars Hollow. Maggie is at the hairstylist fixing the chair. What is the hairstylist called, Justine? Curl up and die. I want to set up a hair salon with you. Yeah. And that's what we're going to call it. Okay. Not that I know anything about running a business or running a hair salon, but I think it would be fun. Yeah, me too. See, I have good ideas sometimes. But your hair looks cute today. I didn't. I washed it and slept in it. Good. Did nothing. Well, your haircut did very much goodness I know, for you didn't it mm-hmm. like i feel free and light um and then batman came and said no to this movie wow <laughs> i don't know if batman would have been laughing at this one he did the he had the rep- appropriate response to jerry Maguire. yes <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part <laughs> okay so they're out there blah blah blah, blah. Richard Gere shows up at the salon. Peggy calls him out that he's the reporter. So then they have their meet. That they meet face to face. And um, she's like, yeah, I'll interview you for a wash. We'll wash your hair. So then they give him clown hair. (laughs) He looked good with it, though. No. Yeah. I thought he did. It would have been fine if it was one color. I liked it. Though you could definitely tell that it was the spray-in yep. stuff. Yep. That it wasn't just straight dye like they sh- were alluding to. Yeah. That it was, was spray paint hair. Yeah. So Ike and Maggie talk a little bit. And he says, I'm here for vindication. I'm right and you're going to run again. I'm right. You're wrong. Nanny, nanny, boo, boo. Yep. Um. Then later on at her dad, her dad's house. Mm-hmm. With their grandma and her fiance, Ike is also there, you know, looking at baby pictures and whatnot with the family. With his hat still on. Yep. He finds that they have all the weddings on tape, and he's like, I will take these. And at his hotel, he watches them, and uh, wedding number one is a hippie wedding. There was a trampoline with the Grateful Dead on mm-hmm. it. It very much reflects the personalities of each man that she's with yeah not her yeah wedding number two was a church wedding catholic church wedding yeah wedding number three was a woods woods wedding he was a biologist Mm -hmm. that's what our wedding would have looked like if i would have just let sam have complete control not that i had like a complete problem with it but i wanted air conditioning that was my one requirement. Yeah. And so you guys compromised and you got married in a... Greenhouse. Greenhouse. It was beautiful. And there were palm trees and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Then they're at the bakery and pretty much out of that scene, he gets invited to the pre-wedding luau. Mm-hmm. That'll be happening. Why a luau? They just wanted to put Julia Roberts in a bikini top. <laughs> Maybe. It's not a good reason to have a luau. 
I don't know. I liked it. Maybe they were just trying to think of all different wedding themes. Maybe. That would make sense. So then her current fiance, Bob, is the coach for the high school football team. Yes. So she goes to visit him at football practice. And of course, Ike is there. She gets, you know, the sensation that he's following me everywhere, but just steps ahead of me talking to all these people. He's there watching, getting into my life. Getting into my drawers. She's like, okay, who's he going to see? So she goes to confession, and the pastor there is her second fiancé. He's the guy from Gotham. Oh, I knew he looked familiar. I feel like he's in a lot of things that he I don't know He was also in, um, I feel like he's, we've seen him before. Yeah, I couldn't place him. He was also apparently in The Patriot, and Zodiac, and Jerry Maguire. He was in Jerry Maguire? He was in Jerry Maguire. So... She says to him, I'm sorry, like, if I ever hurt you. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, I mean, like, I feel like I've meant to be here with God, you know? I found God because of you. Yeah. I feel like if the movie was made nowadays, that he would have been gay. Yeah. And um, she's like, did he ask any weird questions? And he's like, yeah, just one. How you like your eggs? You know, scrambled like me. Remember. Mm Mm-hmm. Those eggs damn eggs bro so then she's like okay i think i know where he's going to next so she goes to visit gil her first fiance Mm -hmm. and this is the scene where they harass her about the topless photo and that the tattoo on her back was never real yeah and just like yeah she's having a hard time with everybody getting in her business Ike, she sees him around town making friends with the mayor and the police. And then there's this um, softball game, of course, with Gary Marshall as the first baseman. Gary Marshall! He's in it for like two seconds. I love him. He's amazing. Ike is talking to Peggy while um, Maggie is cheering on Peggy's husband, Corey. Yeah, this was weird. In the game, yeah. This would be like if you went and just cheered for Sam, not that he would do a, some type of sporting event, but but it's not like Sam and I ever went out. No, I know, but I'm saying it would be it was weird because you didn't know that piece of information. Yeah. So he she's like cheering him on. It would just be like you going to cheer for Sam while I stayed in the stands. Yeah, that would be weird. Yeah, I'd cheer from the stands. Yeah, I'd be the one that would be down there. Yeah. I mean, especially if he's playing hockey, like I'd be, I'd like be yelling at the official on the ice or something like that. Yeah. So Peggy is spilling too much to Ike. He has yeah. that way with people. He just, he, he, he gives a little nudging mm-hmm. and the waterfall flows. Yeah. He learns that, you know, her husband, Corey used to go out with Maggie. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, it sets into motion a little bit of like, well, they're awfully kind of close now, don't you think? Or something, you know, it was a little, little sneaky stuff by Ike. Why do you think she was such a flirt with Corey? She's, they talk about in the next scene, she's a flirt with everyone. Yeah, but why? Why do you think she's a flirt with everyone? Um, I don't know. I'm a flirt with everyone. <laughs> yeah, but I still think that you have your own onus still like even though you're flirting with everyone and you're not doing it for attention or to make no. everyone like you no because i feel like what it was is she was trying to make sure that everyone around her 
or everyone liked her. Yeah. It didn't matter who she really was if everyone continued to like her. That's true. She didn't realize she was flirting. Yeah. Either. It sucks that like she was flirting and hurting people as Peggy points out. Well, and hurting her best friend yeah. essentially. At least I know I'm flirting. <laughs> I understand. Everybody needs love. Peggy points out that this flirting kind of hurts her because when you're married to someone, they don't have the mystery. Whereas this beautiful, mysterious woman flirting gets, you know, people excited. Mm -hmm. Maggie's just like, well, I'm just really screwed up. In this part, I was like, I am Maggie. I am Maggie with the bell. Actually, I am grandma. <laughs> you are grandma. I am Maggie. One day I will be grandma crocheting on a run and then chasing after a hunky man. Yep. That will be me. Mm -hmm. When Sam and Xander are long gone. <laughs> You'll have Xander two or three by then. I'm not going to name them like that. <laughs> Peggy says maybe you'll stop like seeking out that kind of attention when you commit to someone of your own. Commit to yourself, dude. Yeah. Like, who Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. I feel like it didn't really drive home that theme of yeah. she didn't know who she was. I don't know if that was an, an intended theme, though. It totally was. Come okay. On. I think so. Because that was one of the things during the montage at the end when she tried the eggs. Yeah, but, like, a theme from the beginning. You know what I mean? Like, they found that theme through a bajillion rewrites right that yes 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 to that it didn't feel cohesive to the story i guess yeah they should have did some major rewrites re yeah but refocusing around that yeah theme. yeah who knows it could have been just a theme that they discovered on set and julia roberts is just like no we have to do it this way no, because everybody, they talked about the eggs. It's the egg. I'm like obsessed with the eggs in this. I'm like, this is, the eggs are the theme of the movie. The eggs are the theme. The <laughs> eggs are the theme. Guys. Guys. Eggs and horses. <laughs> horses and eggs. But yeah, just really, um, and Kara and I talked about this in uh, Can't Hardly Wait, where Jennifer Love Hewitt's character, after being in a relationship for four years, you know, thinks, oh, I don't really know who I am. Maybe I should take some time to myself before jumping in the next relationship. And then goes, oh, never mind. I'll just jump in. Yeah. And we're like, no, girl, no, go with that first instinct. <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of hard. Who you are. Oh. As they do in The Lion King. Remember. Remember. It's really hard to like, focus. I don't know. For me, it's hard to focus on myself. Yeah. What's the hardest thing that you do? Yeah. You put yourself first. Yeah. Especially if you're like such a giving person. Yeah. If you're if you're a caregiver type personality. Yeah. It's incredibly hard. Yeah. And then you become stubborn like my grandmother. And then people take advantage of you. That too. Yeah. So I think I would like to see that more. I feel like I did see that in some. Oh, that's why I liked um, you didn't like uh, Begin Again. At the end of that one, she ends up alone. And there are other movies I feel like we've watched where they end up alone. 
I don't remember Begin Again. You were so angry during when we were watching that. I was like, Ashley, I really like this movie. It's not one we've watched for the podcast, but it's one we watch for funsies. Oh, I remember Begin Again now. It was a mess. No. It was a mess. No. And we focused way too much on Mark Ruffalo. They didn't need to. I didn't care that they didn't end up together. That was not my thing. I was just angry about things in general. I really like that movie. Ash. You and Sam both loved it. And I was just like, no. Nope, 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 nope. I was Batman. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. You are Batman. Yep. <laughs> when I don't like something, I don't like it. I know. I uh. wanted a better life for Kira. She was getting a better life. I don't know what you're talking about. No, like through the movie, I oh, was just like, I wanted a better life for her. Well, that's the thing. That was her her struggles. And then you assume at the end, the end is hopeful that she does go get a better life. I wanted that movie. <laughs> Sequel. Now. Okay. Better movie. Okay. Better life. Better life. <laughs> Kira is a star. Yeah. And her Maroon 5 boyfriend <laughs> isn't a jerk. <laughs> I like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, finding yourself. Yeah. Taking care of yourself is hard, ma'am. Self-love is love. Are we talking about... <laughs> no, we're not talking about <laughs> masturbation. That is love, For too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, taking away all the, the bad things you say about yourself. Things like that. Well... Even if you take away the bad things, you're still left with, you can be left with no ability to criticize yourself or no ability to self-analyze. Mm-hmm. So it's not about taking away the bad things. It's about analyzing where the bad things come from mm-hmm. and how you can work around or cope with those negative aspects of yourself, mm-hmm. I think. At least it depends on what that negative aspect is. It's like, oh, I hate my hair. Okay, go do something to take care of that. It, if it's like oh i have actual depression it is something that you have to kind of learn to accept that that is a thing that is about yourself but that isn't that doesn't define you mm-hmm. as moana says thanks moana <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite line in the entire movie mm-hmm. is you know they have stolen the heart inside of you but that does not define you you know who you are mm-hmm. all like, oh, in you spoke to me <laughs> on a level Dude, because that's how that's how it feels. It feels like something was done to you and now you have to deal with this result of it. But that's it's accepting that part of yourself. You're not broken. You're not fucked up. Like you can be screwed up, but that could be the best thing about you. Like I'm screwed up, but that makes me think in a different way. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of go through this is therapy. (sighs) You go through and you analyze the bad thing the bad thing that you hate about yourself but then you try and look at it in a different way and say oh well if I didn't have PTSD I wouldn't be the type of editor that I am I wouldn't analyze the psychological ramifications of my editing Mm -hmm. so I like that Mm -hmm. and I like my dog making noise no it's important to um see the negatives about yourself but also see the positives that come out of those negatives because everything has a a negative and a positive side of it whether or not you see it right away is the question of self-reflection and 
all that jazz. Mm-hmm. I try. I can't wait till you write your own rom-com. <laughs> I will one day. Yeah. It's going to be very healthy. <laughs> Who would it star? Tom Hanks. <gasps> Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is going to be the dad. Yeah. I'm going to write a rom-com for America. About America. <laughs> with America's dad. Tom Hanks. Okay. Let's move on with this story. Which is not Moana. Which is not Lego Batman. It's Runaway Bride. Mm. At least it's not as good as it gets. At least it's not as good as it gets. This is, this is a cute movie. It just made you sleepy. Well, it's just like a rehashing of every gendered stereotype about feminism. Yeah. Maggie goes to Ike's hotel room to snoop around. She steals a tape of some Miles Davis that uh, he really likes. Hope it was his favorite. Yeah. Um, she also takes like his notes about her and stuff, but, uh, he comes back pretty quickly and like, there's this whole like semi chase scene where she goes out the window and somehow gets out safely. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Scaling a building was that easy. Yeah. Julia Roberts can do it. Anybody could do it. Julia. 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 So Julia's at her house. She's listening to tape. She's surrounded by the notes and um so she goes to see him the next morning again breaking and entering into his hotel room and says hey i think what we should do now is i should help you out because you are still just getting it so very wrong mister you are not coming at it from my point of view so for a thousand dollars i will give you exclusive interviews and you can follow me around and he's like, ah, that's too much. So they settle on $650, which she plans to spend on her wedding. Mm -hmm. So uh, she shows him all her stuff, all the uh, wedding rings and other things and talks to him. And they talk about how each proposal was. And pretty much each, as you said before, each wedding and proposal was catered to the interest of each guy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a combination of the two feelings. Right. Or the two personalities. Right. He says, Ike says to her, if you dress it up all like that, like it's this big proposal, huge thing, it's not, it doesn't ring true. Mm hmm And so he actually tells her his ideal proposal and like, she's touched. She's like, oh yes, that's, that is lovely. That's what I want. <laughs> we were all like, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> we were all like, yep. Richard Gere. Richard Gere. Quoting a book. Yep. Talking about love. Yeah, I've got it right here if you want to hear the perfect proposal. Okay, do it. I'm going to look you in the eye. No, remember what happened last time. <laughs> got a little, like, love-festy mushy? Yeah. Yeah. Got a little too intense. Okay. There, there's crying involved? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go. Look, I guarantee there'll be tough times. I guarantee at some point, one or both of us is going to want to get out of this thing. But I also guarantee that if I don't ask you to be mine, I'll regret it for the rest of my life. Because I know in my heart, you're the only one for me. I didn't do my full-on acting there because I didn't want to. You didn't want to sound like this? No. No. That it was beautiful still. Yeah. What is it saying? It's saying, uh... This is going to suck, but I need you. <laughs> I need you and I'm willing to work with, like, work with you to to still be together. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah. 
so they go dress shopping because this is a part of he's following her around doing all of her wedding chores now by herself yeah Yeah. without the dude yeah he's the dude now bro yep he or she's kind of taking on the role of the guy in the wedding planning Mm -hmm. like the guy is doing all the planning and the location and where they're how when they're gonna do it and she just has to worry about her dress and the cake and showing up yeah they do want to take a lot of things off her so she'll just show up yeah so at dress shopping the woman won't give her the dress because because of her reputation yeah which i don't know why yeah i know even richard gear pointed out as a character you are a saleswoman and she is going to give you a thousand dollars in exchange for this dress where are you not getting this you get money yeah and eventually you'll get more money yes <laughs> because she's gonna run yeah this is where like one of the moments where he sees julia break down because mm-hmm. she's like oh okay i'll just get the other dress and then she just like curls in a ball on the floor and then ike is like whoa whoa whoa, whoa what what is this she wants the dress <laughs> yeah give her the dress give her the motherfucking dress <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Gary directed that movie. <laughs> he should have. Then uh, they got to go. They got to have lunch with Bob. Bob. Bob's idea is to work on her focus. Focus. Visualize. Visualize the ball. Be the ball. With sports metaphors. Be the ball, Ashley. Be the ball. Spiral down the, the aisle. Ball. Land on the, the goal, goal line. <laughs> I don't want to spiral. I want to slide. Yeah. Well, then you'd be a puck. Yeah, exactly. Be the puck, Ashley. I will. So that means I get banged around a lot. Ew. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think of that. <laughs> I will be telling Sam mm. this right now. Mm. Oh, then there's a scene with Grandma. Grandma Ashley. <laughs> Me. Yeah. You know. That's a nice butt. Innocent girls are afraid Uh-oh. of the one-eyed snake. <laughs> <laughs> close your ears grammy (laughs) like was that her friend or whatever yeah i think that was one of the aunts or somebody okay she's like close your ears she's like uh excuse me grandma i i tamed the one-eyed snake a long time ago oh yes i forgot (laughs) i don't know why i became irish all of a sudden (laughs) you're irish grandma (laughs) don't be afraid of that one-eyed snake i mean it's not that scary and if it like comes near you and you don't want it to just poke just poke bat it. it away bat it away and it'll hurt and then you run <laughs> you swat and then run that's what cats do okay this is a ricky ticky tavy situation yep maggie has found ike a miles davis record in her attic uh-huh sure mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. you didn't just go out and buy that Mm-mm, honey bun <laughs> and um so this next scene Richard Gere is driving along and then he sees Maggie's truck at a at a bar out in the sticks and he's like, what's going on here? And we cut to inside and we see Maggie is taking out her dad who is totally about to pass out drunk in the daytime, mm-hmm. daytime drunk. And he helps her get him into the truck and she's just like, don't you dare write about this. And he's like, I would never. Of course. No, you're safe with me. And, uh, 
think to go back to that question about when they first started feeling feelings for each other. Yeah. It's somewhere around here. Like, I think it's for him. It could be that dress, the dress shop. Yeah, I can see that. I'm not sure when it was for her, though. She said right this second (laughs) when they kissed. Yeah. But I feel like it was before that. I think it's because she's thinking of him. Yeah. She got him the Miles Davis record at the at the luau engagement party she's just like he's been gone for 24 hours and i need to know where he is where is he yeah so they go for a ride together she's telling a story but then the car breaks down so they end up walking together car breaks down because he doesn't know the difference between leaded and unleaded gas yep they have gas stations in new york and they have gas stations in small towns that are not just diesel powered Normally, they're labeled and in separate locations. Like, you have to actually try really hard to go to a diesel pump. They're walking, and she says, do you think there is one right person for everyone? No. And then they also talk about attraction, where they look at each other in the eyes intensely while hopping over a fence. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. She's like, what about attraction? I was like, what just happened? (laughs) When did they get in that position? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, how? What? The power of editing. I'm concerned. But after they fix the car and whatnot, Ike goes back to New York because of this ridiculous... There was too much, like, ADR VO in this movie to just repair how the scenes were put together. Oh, my God. Did you see in when they the car stops and then backfires yeah julia roberts says something and there's no there's no sync sound oh no i was like gary and then when they're touching the engine it's just like clearly like adr'd in yeah i'm just like well how is this all cobbled together with adr sound guy did you just not do your job no i think that they this was just like an editing thing just like we're cutting and pasting these. There was a lot of things that like, okay, we're going to, we need to explain where he's going. We can't just show this driving shot of him going. We need to explain, like, it went out for like previews and something and the execs were like, no, we need more information. That's what it felt like to me. Like they added in all this extra ADR to just explain things. We can't have a scene where you see a car going and you don't know where they're going. <laughs> where are they going? At a lower third. <laughs> where is it at? What what are you talking about? I don't how do they feel? I need to expressly know how they feel. They should look they in should the camera. Tell me. Tell me how you're feeling at all times. I don't want to be lost. If we lose one viewer, that's one viewer. We lost them all. We lost them all. <laughs> I'm confused, so the audience is gonna can be no, no. Nope. You were on your phone while you were watching this movie, weren't you? <laughs> you weren't paying attention, were you? You can't just wait two seconds to see where the character ends up in the next cut you know well and you can't you can't watch a movie on like fast forward Mm -hmm. which i think a lot of reality producers do okay so ike goes back to new york because he's like dude the guy in the bar that fed me the story was totally fiance number three and i gotta talk to him yo dun 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 I don't know what I got out of that besides that he also liked his eggs differently yeah that was all that that (laughs) scene was for it's all about these eggs. I am obsessed with these eggs. The eggs. The eggs told the story. The eggs. The eggs. I'm like conspiracy theorist with these <laughs> eggs. You're going to have a, a news a new story on Breitbart 
tomorrow about how Gary Marshall was trying to teach us the the way of love through eggs. Yeah. Ashley, how do you like your eggs? So it's weird because it isn't a thing. So I like what we used to call an egg roll up. Mm-hmm. So you basically make like an omelet egg and then you just roll it up without anything in it. Mm-hmm. You put a little salt on there. Sometimes I put a little seasoning. Depends. A little mm-hmm. parsley. Mm-hmm. Like scrambled eggs like fall apart. So this way you can like cut up the eggs and then they won't fall apart and eat it with a fork. Does Sam like eggs the same way you like eggs? No. Sam likes them. Um, I think he likes the fried egg. He likes the sunny side up. Sunny side up. Yeah, it's my kind. Sam and I are meant to be. Apparently. <laughs> Except I don't eat eggs anymore. But if I did, yes, Sam and I are meant to be. We, this is so. This is all. This is not what he's trying to say. He's <laughs> trying to say like what you like, and it doesn't matter. Oh uh, what? <laughs> Gary, I hear you. I saw what you wanted to say about the eggs. I'm speaking to you, Gary. Gary, Gary, tell me more about the eggs. Gary. <laughs> Gary, come back. Gary, I need some clear definition on these eggs. (laughs) Gary, 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 can you hear me? (laughs) So, okay. Ike's also on this path of self-reflection because he's learning how to be human. Wouldn't you know? Because Richard Gere was once an alien. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how he likes his alien eggs. I wonder if aliens have eggs. We never learn how he likes his eggs. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. That's a plot hole. That is a huge plot hole. He goes to see, what's her face? Rita Wilson. And he, they have a little, what went wrong with us? And a final apology after what she said, like 12 years. Yeah. So they're good now. They've healed. And they play the piano together. Yeah. Then it's the luau. Like Ahula. in Greece too, but not Rakaluahua. Do you th- feel like this was like appropriation? Uh, I don't think so because they only had the one, you know, Hawaiian woman there actually doing the hula. Doing the hula, yeah. Okay. I don't know. It was very. It's much more party. There were no city. grass. Yeah, grass skirts or any like real grass skirts or. Is everybody or just anything? wearing Hawaiian shirts? Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was Hawaiian shirt day, is what it was. Yeah. She misses him, which we talk about, but then Mm -hmm. he shows up. And then there's the toast. Toasting. And everybody toasts really disparaging. Making fun of her for leaving three weddings. Yeah, so they make jokes at her. And, like, Richard Gere comes up and he's like, are you okay? And everybody's like, no, they're just jokes. Come on, man. Jokes. And he's like, oh, I got you a toast right here. And then he tells off all the friends and family. And she gets upset. She runs outside. And he follows her, and they're fighting outside. He's saying, like, all these things you're doing, you're not being supportive. You're just being scared. You don't really know who you are, that sort of thing. Do you know who you are? He's like, how do you really friggin' like your eggs? How do you like your eggs? I don't know! (laughs) But then, like, he has this, he tells her what she wants moment. You want someone who'll walk off with you in the sunset i don't know this part that was weird yeah it confused me i was like are you just telling her what is this another like manipulation thing what are you doing richard Gere? yeah i didn't quite get that and then she's like well listen buddy 
I've read your columns. You never talk about yourself. So you're, I'm not the only one who's lost here, bub. Buddy. So then they separate. And then there's a scene like the next day, Maggie tells her dad to stop saying comments to her that make her feel bad. Good for Maggie. Yeah. Then we get a wedding rehearsal. And then there's this like stupid, another like point of ADR where they're like, oh, she's done this before. Why does she need another one? Oh, it's because Bob wants her to visualize. It's like they do these stupid ADR scenes to like set up the next scene. I don't like well, it. When you have a, re- a wedding, you always do a rehearsal. No, but they're saying, they're saying, what if people question why she's doing a rehearsal since she's had so many weddings before? She would still do a rehearsal. Yeah. Do you, when you get divorced and then get married again, don't you do a rehearsal then too? You always do. Yeah. I just, that's what I'm saying. I don't know why they added this like VO to explain any possible questions that anybody could come up with. Well, I have questions. You have questions? I have questions, Mr. Producer Man. What's your question? I mean, I'm not Mr. Producer Man, but I'm curious. What kind of eggs do Richard give? (laughs) What are the eggs? What are the eggs? But do you think he likes poached the best because that's what she liked the best? No. No. She said she liked Benedict. Oh, right, you're right. Benedict was her favorite. Mm-hmm. He seems like a Benedict kind of guy. I mean, he kind of seems like an omelet kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, he likes. To, he, I feel like he would like to get jazzy. Yep. Yes, he does enjoy jazz. Mm-hmm. You think that's omelet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can add peppers in an omelet. Yeah. You can add a ton of things in an omelet. That's what I got out of this movie. The eggs. <laughs> the eggs. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we're at the <laughs> wedding rehearsal. It's a very important scene here this fucking scene so like they place ike as the groom so bob can like motivational walk her down the aisle saying be the ball be the ball make eye contact eye contact yeah and so like they have this intense eye contact and then he i uh, then bob becomes the pastor yeah and says, I now pronounce you man and wife. You may kiss the bride, blah, 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 blah. And then they go in for this intense long kiss. Like, there is so much kissing. Like, they have completely spaced out into each other's eyes. Eye contact. Yeah. That they're just, like, kissing like nobody's around. Yeah. Though Bob's reaction was great. Yeah, Bob was like, and what is this? <laughs> like, I get you, but what were you doing? Yeah. And, he, and Richard Gere's like, she kissed me back. And she's like, I did? She's like, oh, yeah, you did. How long has this been going on? She's like, a minute. And he's like, for much longer than that. <sighs> and Bob's like, okay. And then punches him. Yeah. Bye. Wedding's off. And then they're like, what just happened? What just happened? I don't know. Let's not talk about it. And they kiss. And then he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, let's talk about it. And so you just said but not to talk about it. Not talk. If you don't talk, you kiss. Come on. What? feelings man feelings man feels feel your feelings men oh yeah and then this part this is the part where it lost me the part where like they've known each other for a week and he's like well you've got the church and dress yeah (laughs) exactly you have to go down the aisle with someone you love and she's like who's that and like me obviously we're like "Huh? huh what she's like okay and then they have the montage of you know the time 
passing and the montage was great yes. i really liked the montage that's them getting to know each other yeah. finally yeah having fun that should have been like shown to you 20 minutes previously or yeah. at least 45 minutes previously yeah not yeah. like well we're gonna get married just because we're here we're here that's Why like not? <laughs> it's like if we walked into a church and we're like well you look nice i look nice let's get married that's how we would get married ashley you know it if you weren't already married I'd go down to the courthouse. Yeah? To be honest. <laughs> I'm I'm I was I was good with the one. Yeah. The one. Remember remember all the times I've said on this podcast that I would get married for revenge. Yeah. Another another version of revenge marriage for Justine. Yeah. I still want to know what revenge marriage is. But I just imagine I'm running in Vegas in a wedding dress and <laughs> just picture it. <laughs> That'll show them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You married Mulder. I like where this is going. <laughs> yeah. But you're actually in love with the aliens. <laughs> Stop reading my fanfic. <laughs> so you marry him to get back at the aliens that you love so dearly. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. <sighs> and that's why it had to happen in Vegas because that's where the aliens live. I know, right? <laughs> that makes sense to me too. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody? Anybody? Does oh, it make it's sense? perfect. <laughs> You're like, okay, I guess I'll be married to him. I guess so. <laughs> 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 He's in a bubble bath at the hotel. Of course. <laughs> what what would he be watching? What romantic comedy would he be watching? Oh my god. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. He's much more breakfast at Tiffany's. I feel like his favorite character is the cat. Yes. <laughs> now that we've made an X-Files episode. Okay. Now it's now it's the wedding day. And it's a pretty crazy wedding day. There isn't much plot stuff that happens except a couple of like relatable things. I found for you, Ashley. Oh, yeah. The whole movie. That's like how you get ready for a wedding. <laughs> that whole po- that whole moment. Yep. It was like that fan. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a real thing. Yep. Freaking out that he's not going to show up yeah. is a thing. The only thing that they were missing was sending a bottle of booze out to your husband. Yep. Which I did. Yes, he did. And apparently he downed it in a minute. Yeah. Not less than a minute. Like, yep. Yep. Done. So it's the wedding. She's coming down the aisle. She must maintain eye contact. But then she breaks eye contact because, because of, of a camera flash. Camera flash. Like he breaks eye contact. Yeah. He and blinks. So she, like a, like a bear in the woods. <laughs> what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. Turns and runs the other way. And then he runs after her and like there's this chase and then she ends up on a FedEx truck and he's running after her. But she's gone. Hector has a great line. Yeah. Where, Where do you think she's going? I don't know, but she'll get there by... By 10 tomorrow. 10 tomorrow. <laughs> Didn't. Classy line. Good job, Hector. A week later, Peggy visits Maggie, and she still thinks Ike is the one. Yeah. Peggy knows. Peggy knows. That's what your best friends are for. Mm-hmm. To know things you don't. And it's awesome when they're named Peggy. Yes. And they're junkie sick. Yes. 
So then there's this other montage. Um, we haven't talked about her lamps that she has designed. Oh, yeah. Her industrial yeah. hardware store chic lamps. Yeah, so she's starting to s- sell the lamps. In New York. In New York. She decides what type of egg she likes by trying every single egg possible. Mm-hmm. I like the the pirate's eye as well. She had that on there. What's the pirate's eye? It's the uh, it's also called um, eggs in a basket. Oh, with the bread. Yeah, the toast. We called it pirate's eye when I was little because when you put the piece of toast back on it, it's like an eye patch. Oh, God, those eggs. Okay, okay. So she breaks into his apartment in New York this time. She says, "I want to talk to you about why I run." They put her in the weirdest costume. It, I feel like this was a pick. She had her stepmom hair. Have you seen the movie Stepmom? It was mm-hmm. around this time. Yeah. It was like the same hair she had in Stepmom. I feel yeah. like this was like a pickup or something because gotcha. she looked completely different. Mm-hmm. She looked like how she did in Stepmom. Well, and they had her in black tights. Black. She looked like a nun mm. with her giant sweater thing. Turtleneck. Turtleneck. <laughs> that was gigantic. I don't know. I just was like, I mean, I that's stepmom hair. It's the style of the 90s, but it was just like, no. She looked they. It, she looked aged. Yeah, they aged her like 20 years. Yeah, I mean, she's supposed to undergo like this sort of settle down transformation. But like, yeah, the, the hair and costuming aged, I think, too much. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, God, she's dying now. Yes, <laughs> she's ready to adopt the children. Yep. All of the children. So why she runs she didn't know who she really was which we already knew that Mm -hmm. and she says you knew the real me and i love eggs benedict and here are my running shoes i'm done will you marry me and he's like uh i'll think about that and she's like great good i'm glad you said that because i practiced this and he's and says the same ideal proposal Mm -hmm. back to him like Mm -hmm. No, this isn't gonna we'll stick through i don't know whatever i said earlier it's difficult but we we in this yeah, we in this together. Mm-hmm. Ideal proposal, man. Yep. And then <laughs> he they sounds like a very awkward superhero. It's <laughs> <laughs> a superpower. Yep. <laughs> and then they dance on the. They're out on the patio. Balcano. Balcony. Balcony. Yeah, you had it. Balcony. <laughs> the balcony <laughs> says moo. <laughs> <laughs> the balcony. and that's the best thing that came out of this podcast (laughs) did that make sense in anybody else's head oh no totally it made sense (laughs) you got me girl air five five. (laughs) um okay so they have this the smallest autumn wedding imaginable yep and then they're married, and then everybody's like, they did it! She did but it! But they were, like, hiding behind the hill. They had to hide. She didn't want the eyes. Can't do the eyes. I mean, that's why I screwed up. You didn't screw up. No, I mumbled. Oh. Okay. Because I think I said, I guess I do. I guess. <laughs> that's just typical Ashley. <laughs> You're like, eh, I'm here. <laughs> Definitely do. Yes. <laughs> that's... The ticket. <laughs> the people are watching. And then we have a little end credit scene of, of them playing in the snow together, which means that they have lasted through winter. <laughs> winter has came. So there's yeah. some future for them. Yeah. That's the end of the movie. The end of the movie. Ashley, what what do you, what do you think the accurate 
you didn't like the the description said nothing okay what should be the real description of this movie and i wanted to start with this rom-com sleeper as in it'll put you to sleep (laughs) (laughs) okay with those parameters let's see in this 90s rom-com sleeper maggie fails to commit to a husband by leaving not one but three men at the altar New York City journalist Ike comes to her small town to get the scoop on her story. Julia Roberts and Richard Gere lead a cast of characters through this unexpected small town meets big city romance. Oh, I like that. Because I like how you took out the part where it was like he didn't get fired or something we were confused with. Yeah. I like that. Small town, big city. (laughs) Shall we rate the movie? I'm going to rate this movie 2.5 Grateful Dead trampolines. Nice. I'm also going to rate it two and a half minute eggs. There you go. (laughs) Rate your eggs. (laughs) Rate your eggs. Rate your eggs. Give us an egg rating. That's what they have to leave in the comments. Yep. Tell us your favorite egg. Mm Mm-hmm. And what you think Richard Gears is. Yeah. All right, so next week we are watching 1999's Mansfields Park. Mansfields, man, Mansfield Park. Mansfield Park. Mansfield Park. There we go. I can <laughs> say it now. Um, well, if you like this podcast, you like what we do, and you want more, you want puppy pictures. Yeah. You want hidden Snapchat videos of Justine's poking me with microphones to wake me up in the morning. Yeah, you know, you can find all that and more. If you become a patron of our Patreon, you can find all of that information and more at patreon.com slash cutawayspodcast. Shout out to Nilba. All the shout outs go to her. Um, You can find out more information at our website. It's thecutaways.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at cutawayspodcast. We are doing our best. You know, I've got a few stories before we wrap up. Oh, yes. Story time. It's a couple convoluted stories. On our Twitter this week, I did a I did a poll. Favorite rom-com quote. You know which one won? I do. The winner was As You Wish. As You Wish. I mean, it was kind of no contest. No, it really wasn't. But I mean, the other three I chose were all Nora Ephron lines. Yes. I specifically didn't choose... Okay. We don't like Jerry Maguire or Sorry, as, guys. Or as good as it gets, but they are highly quotable movies. They're like, yes, permeate our pop culture quotable. Like I could have put like, you complete me on there, you know? Yeah. There's so many, you make me want to be a better man. Like there's multitudes of quotes. Yeah. Which is why, and, and Jerry Maguire is just like so known for its quotes, which is why I think they chose it for Lego Batman because you can, d- d- you can distill it down into that one to the one scene yeah so they only have to license that one scene <laughs> yeah and it's extremely quotable that you completely plus it in lego batman it was telling the story also about how he is incomplete yes which is uh something we cover in many rom-coms which is why lego batman's a rom-com it is we agree uh yeah we we had no idea going into it that we would be nope. viewing a rom-com nope but just we were pleasantly surprised. Very pleasantly surprised that Lego Batman was a rom-com. So many good references. So many. It was good messaging. You like our podcast, go see Lego Batman. Yes. That is that is our shameless promotion. Yeah. And Harley had roller skates. There you go. 
It's got something for everyone. Well, we really want to hear from you, as always. If you could please leave us comments, rate us, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. We love getting feedback, and it brings a smile and a happy moment to our day when we get that little feel-good message it's from someone. It's a surprise. Someone. It's a surprise. It's I a happy it. surprise. You know, and we got a surprise recently <gasps> from did. one of our favorite podcasts, Radaptation. <gasps> we did. I fucking love Radaptation. They're the best, man. That They hold a special place <laughs> in my heart just because they made us memes. Yeah. So here is um, what they said about us, titled Hilarious and Friendly. Oh. Listening to this podcast, you'd think you were zipped up in your sleeping bag on the floor right next to these ladies. Their discussions are always light, yet on point and smart. I love that you don't need to have seen the movies to be able to enjoy their conversation. I never fail to laugh out loud when listening to the cutaways. Aww. Smiley face. I know. It's like tons of little heart emojis just appeared in the air. I feel the same way about listening to Radaptations. Okay, so that's it. That's it for us. Thank you for joining our slumber party. Yay. Bye. Bye.